Welcome back to What One Thing, a smart meetings podcast that provides you with a shortcut to the top of the events world by asking successful people what made the difference in their careers and lives. I'm Marin Bright, founder and CEO of Smart Meetings, and we have a super great treat for you today. Ben Nimpton spoke at our event at the Stanley in Colorado more than four years ago and has been speaking out about mental health and the importance of removing stigma around mental illness. He's the number one New York Times bestselling author of What Do You Want to Do Before You Die and the Bucket List Journal and starred in The Buried Life, MTV's highest rating show on iTunes and Amazon. His message of radical possibility has been featured on the Today Show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, Fox, and NBC News. President Obama called Ben and The Buried Life an inspiration for a new generation and Oprah declared their mission truly inspiring. And today he is here to answer how he was able to beat depression and inspire people all over the world to chase their dreams. And before we get started, I have to share with you, Ben, that I too suffered from panic attacks and anxiety. When mm-hmm. I was getting out of college, I had no idea what was happening to me. I was driving over the Bay Bridge and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I thought I was having a heart attack. I had to stop. Got to be a thing where I thought I had bridge phobia. I had it walking down the street. I was transitioning to my first job. I was holding on to lamp poles. It was crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I haven't shared that with a lot of people because it's kind of embarrassing. People be like, well, can you drive? Think of a million reasons why I couldn't drive over a bridge. Mm -hmm. And it's big and it's really common and more Mm -hmm. common. I started talking about it more recently. And you came out with that on on our stage at the Stanley. And it was so enlightening and and wonderful. And since then, you've shared so many other of your own experiences that are truly refreshing to hear that you are who you are now and that you also suffered some of these things that can be very paralyzing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that this is such a common experience that is not talked about enough. But the more we talk about it, the more the stigma around it is broken. And the more we give other permission to share their stories and really ask for help because that is the biggest thing that we can do to help through the these these challenges is talk about it to a professional, talk about it to someone that cares about you. And a lot of people feel shame around it. And there's really should be no shame. The stigma doesn't actually make any sense because this is a human experience, right? We all have ups and downs. That's just what happens. And we're all going to go through some sort of mental health crisis in our life. It's just the, the human design is that there's things that happen where we crash, right? Whether it's stress or bereavement from losing someone that we care about, perhaps it's a divorce, or maybe it's a mental illness, or it's some sort of challenge that we face. This is just part of life. And what is actually what happens a lot of times is we learn about ourselves through this process. And we become who we need to be through these challenges and we're forced to look at things that maybe we don't want to look at ultimately in the long run are good for us. And that's what I found is I've, you know, once I stopped trying to hide this, these feelings, I realized that these struggles could be my strengths when I started to talk about them and see how they impacted other people and allowed them to share what they needed to 
to move through. Absolutely. It was so freeing. I have to say for me, it was 30 years ago and it was a different day and I really didn't know what was going on. So there was a lot of embarrassment around it and keeping it. It wasn't the kind of day it is now. And I so appreciate people like you coming forward. But I remember what I did one day. I thought, okay, that's it. I'm taking this on. I read once that fear of heights or bridges is fear of jumping, impulse control, right? So I already was stuck in traffic and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get out and jump. And the minute I gave myself permission to do that, a lot of my anxiety and fear went away. It was pretty crazy, but I had to walk myself through that. But anyway, you are such an inspiration and there's so many great things that you've been up to. So I thought maybe we'd start by describing what it felt like to be on the wild ride that led you to the buried life. Yeah, so it's funny, you know, my adventure with three of my friends, we went after a hundred of my wildest dreams. You know, we sort of actually made a collective bucket list of everything we'd always dreamed of. And it was supposed to be a two-week road trip where we go after this bucket list and help other people achieve their bucket list items. And it was going to be really just a documentary that we made in 2006 and it would take two weeks and then we'd be finished. And, you know, 15, 17 years later, still doing it. So it became this journey of self-discovery, of understanding the things that were truly important to me, because as you mentioned, right? I hit a depression when I was in university and I didn't understand why, because I was living the dream. I was on the national rugby team. I had an academic scholarship. I had a great group of friends. In hindsight, I realized I was living the dream, quote unquote, but I wasn't living my dream. I was living for other people. I was living this life that was expected of me. And, I, and what I realized by starting my bucket list was it was the first times that I wrote down the things that I truly wanted. And then when I shared them, it was liberating. When I did them, I realized that I was energized. And and so this bucket list journey turned out to be this journey of self-discovery to figure out who I truly was and and, and understand the things that made me fully alive. And one of the reasons I was depressed was because I wasn't living aligned with who I truly was. And anytime I I experience some sort of depression, in large part, it's due to the fact that I am not aligned with my authentic self. Mm, That's such good advice. Yeah. And so what I've, when you align with who you truly are, life starts to happen for you. I'm living vicariously through you right now, Ben, and I'm sure many of the audiences and you do so many wonderful, fun things on your bucket list and it, it's such an inspiration. And I heard that your next goal is to go to space. Yeah. What is, why is that a priority right now? Well, you know, it's something that's been a dream for me for 17 years since we put it on the list and it's the ultimate moonshot. Like when we wrote it down in 2006 when this started, only astronauts could go to space and now it's possible. So it's this this representation of the impossible is possible. But also the reason I want to go is to experience the overview effect, which is what astronauts describe as when you see the earth from this perspective, you feel this affinity towards humankind and mother earth. And it's it's a, a moment when you change your perspective. And I think that those are very rare that you get those instances where in a moment you're world changes or something shifts in a fundamental way that doesn't go back. And so that's something that I would love to experience. But I also want to raise awareness for mental health. So I, you know, I'm tying my trip to space to the breaking the stigma of mental health. All this research is coming out that correlates purpose and mental health, purpose and well-being. And it seems obvious when you think about it that, of course, when you're doing things that fulfill you, you're going to feel more alive and you're going to feel happier. But we don't give ourselves permission to dream. We don't give ourselves permission to do the things on our 
bucket list or the, our personal passions or our hobbies or our dreams because we think it's selfish. And my thought is you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. So this trip to space is emblematic of it's okay to dream. It's okay to dream big. It's okay to dream small, but it's just important to dream period and do those things that you love because that is going to affect your mental health and that is going to affect your well-being so that then you can do what you need to do to take care of other people. Absolutely. And I think yesterday was annual mental health day. I remember hearing that on the news last night. So how perfect that we're talking to you. I have a 14-year-old son that's going through a little bit of a crisis right now. And and as you speak, I am reminded what a hard age, what a hard time to grow up and what a hard age that is to find yourself and to figure out your purpose. So those are really really good words of advice. And you also described your journey as one that you just mentioned was helping others and checking items off yours. How can our community adopt that approach? You've been speaking and I think actually we were the first, I think I discovered you, Ben. You've (laughs) since been on many, many stages and I'm sure you were before, but I'm giving myself a selfless shout out. And of course, the meeting professionals are a huge part of who employ you. And do you see things in our world that would be applicable to bucket list and jumping out besides the fact that we're stressed all the time because we got to put <laughs> yeah, on events. No, I mean, 100%. So I think, you know, my experience is that meeting planners, your job is to make sure that everyone else is having the best time, you know, that they're having the greatest experience. You're taking care of people all day long. You know, you're on your feet for, you know, 15, 16 hours. You're running around, putting out fires, making sure that everyone else is taken care of. And sometimes you forget to take care of yourself. So again, you can't serve your attendees if you don't serve yourself. And so that means many different things, but whatever that means for you, it means prioritizing that either during the meeting or before or after where you take some time to recharge so that you can be your best self to serve as attendees. I also think it's important to remind everyone of the impact they're creating through the meetings that in conferences, conventions that you're hosting. And if you think about it, you, you create this experience that has all of these touch points that create ripples throughout the attendees that that imprint on them, that change them in some way, then they bring them back. They go back to their organizations, they go back to their families, and they are changed in some small way or a big way. But then that affects their organization, their team, their families, right? The problem is, how do you measure that? You're not with all those attendees. You don't go home with them. You don't see the full extent of that impact, but it's very real. So I like to remind meeting planners of the ripple effect they're creating. That change happens even if you don't see it. All this work is worth it. And if you remind yourself of that, that's kind of your why. And you come back to that in times of stress, you know, to overcome challenges because you're seven times more likely to overcome a challenge if you come back to why am I doing this, not how am I going to do this. And that's, I think, the impact that you, meeting planners, have through the work that you do every day. And it's Absolutely. Important. That is so key. We're so happy we're going off to IMEX, which is our biggest trade show next week in Las Vegas. And it's really great that tennis shoes are kind of in and you can wear them all <laughs> over the trade show. I'm sure many planners share that with me. But it's also a lot of focus is being put on at the show on mental health. There's mental health talks, there's mental health breaks, there's there's meditation, there's all kinds of things. And we at the magazine here at Smart Meetings, we've been featuring ever since I launched the magazine 22 years ago, we had a health and wellness column. It's always been, my mother was really big in that and took vitamins and did yoga when I was a kid. So I got kind mm-hmm. of a head start, but now it's very mainstream and it's accepted. And I think that planners, as you listen to Ben's message, and I myself also need to offer 
uh, listen, to take that advantage of these things that are now being provided to us and to be providing those as well to our attendees, but to to take that extra time to put into ourselves. So key. So hard to give when you're on empty. It is, it is, but so key. So that's the that's the time when you need it the most. Absolutely, absolutely. And what else did you learn from setting your goals and overcoming obstacles that we could learn from? But just that most people at the end of their life, they don't regret the things they did, they regret the things they didn't do. And 76% of people on their deathbed, their biggest regret is not living for me. So they live for other people or they live the life that's expected of them. So I looked at the research as to why this happened because it's so like shocking to me. And there's three barriers to overcoming these challenges to achieve your goals. And that is there's, there's no deadlines for personal goals. We, we're waiting perpetually for the inspiration to go after them, but it doesn't hit. And there's fear of what other people think or fear of failure. So there's simple things you can do to overcome those barriers. One, write your bucket list. That creates accountability because you take something that doesn't exist, you make it real. Two, talk about your bucket list because then you feel accountable to the people you shared them with and you also give other people the opportunity to help you, right? Three, create accountability by choosing an accountability buddy where you send updates to that person or they check in on you. And the last is choose three things you can do in the next 48 hours small things, easy things to go towards that goal. And that will create inspiration through action. So you're the architect of your own inspiration through action. Absolutely. I'm putting that down. I I read that in your book. I love your journal. By the way, it's a great way to track that and to keep yourself accountable, which is such a a fabulous tool. Maybe some of our listeners don't know that they could get that. And it's a, a, a great way to keep them on track. But those nuggets that you share so many times, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do that. But you know, it feels like if I share it, I do all of that, but I'm going to have to, right? So, uh, you know, keeping ourselves from doing, and I think the biggest thing, at least in, in our industry, that we would all talk about is time. You know, mm-hmm. so busy, so many meetings going forward. I'm leading a company, I'm putting out a magazine, you know, time. But if you make it a priority, you can always find the time, right, Ben? That's, exactly. That's key. So what do you think? What messages? So much more is going on in society and, and health and wellness and, and mental health. What else do we need to do to make this more accepted? Do you see something that's glaring that might open up some more doors? I think that what is important is continuing to normalize this conversation and also normalizing this work-life harmony of finding purpose in your work, but also finding purpose outside of work. And as leaders, as team members, to encourage people to find those passions outside of work, because that's going to energize you to be the truest version of yourself and make your biggest impact and do your job at the highest level. And those two things, you know, it's really about being your true self, right? That means going after your passions, but also not hiding those things that you're struggling with. There's two sides of it. And that is your true authentic self. And again, when you do that, you unlock gifts that only you have. And therefore you make your biggest impact. We used to have a woman, I'll never forget, I used to way ahead of her time. She was our receptionist and she would say, I just want to tell everybody in the office today that I'm grouchy. So if you ask me for something, it's not personal. And you know, back then it was kind of odd to have somebody being authentic and sharing, you know, what was going on with them. But I found I had somebody else say, now at this event, I may 
come across short. I may be kind of seem like I'm picking on you, but I want you to know that I'm going to be super stressed. It's not personal. And I want us to get through this together. So it's amazing how those people back then, I think about these examples that people did, were really being authentic and setting people up because, you know, you can say something to somebody and people take it the wrong way, especially when we're under stress, putting on an mm-hmm. event, go over there, I need it done right away. Oh my God, there's no water, whatever it might be. And the mm-hmm. person's like, how dare you talk to me that way? So mm-hmm. setting up those expectations and also coming out with your authentic self ahead of time to set those was pretty eye-opening to me and pretty advanced. Thank you. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. What do you think is the one thing that helped you to get to the place where you are that you could share with our smart meetings. Of course, this podcast is called What One Thing? Mm -hmm. What one thing, what tidbit would you share? Surrounding myself with people that inspire me to be who I truly am and and, and continuing that journey to understand who I am and what are the things that make me feel most alive. And again, like that's what this journey has been about. That's what I'm encouraging people to do is to be their true self because when you're true to who you are, not only the happiest, but you also are the most successful. You unlock this potential. And I really believe it's a win-win. And so it's taking time to stop, think about what you want, write it down so you have a bucket list and then carving out time to do those things and try them to see what energizes you. And if it does, then you do more of that. And you're also in tandem helping other people achieve the things that they want. Absolutely. And finding that right tribe, so key. We've all been there with folks that didn't necessarily do that. Those are great words of the wise. Love that. And I am so thrilled. You can't believe how fast our time has flown, but your uh, nuggets are so inspirational and meaningful for me, as I mentioned personally, and I'm sure will be to our audience of professionals. So thank you so much, Ben, for being here today. You're so honest and I am living vicariously on all your adventures and that sweat lodge when everybody was going to go and talk themselves out of it. And (laughs) somehow you stayed. I, I love your adventure. So I hope you'll keep doing what you're doing because you sure are an inspiration to so many of us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on today. Great having you. Thank you for having me. Smart Meetings What One Thing was produced by Bright Business Media. Visit smartmeetings.com to subscribe to your daily dose of inspiration. 